It's been reported that American President Donald Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin had a second conversation after their first initial face-to-face -face meeting. This undisclosed conversation lasted for nearly an hour during a dinner where all leaders attended. The meeting comes under fire as certain Russian and American interactions have come under fire under President Trump and his staff since he assumed office. While a White House official has said, quote, there was no second meeting between President Trump and President Putin, just a brief conversation at the end of dinner. The insinuation that the White House has tried to hide a second meeting is false, malicious, and absurd, close quote. Analyst Ian Bremmer says his sources who were at the dinner told him that the conversation went on for an hour, joined only by a Russian translator. Some leaders were curious as to why Trump would leave his seat only halfway through the dinner to talk with Putin. James Goldgeier, a dean at American University and a longtime educator on international affairs, joined us to talk about the conversation between the two leaders. Hi, is this Jim? Yeah. Hey, Jim, this is Danny with Anchor. How are you? Great. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I appreciate you taking just a few minutes to chat with us. Sure. Um, I'll just jump right into it unless you have any questions for me. Nope. You know, reading through your article on, on the Washington Post, which is fantastic, by the way, but, um, you know, obviously centered around this new meeting that we still don't know much about. And, I, you know, obviously that's the whole point here. So I guess my first question for you, how dangerous was this conversation between Putin and Trump without a third party from the U.S. there? Well, I don't know it's so much that it's dangerous. It's just that it makes it very difficult for his staff, including the National Security Advisor, for example, to do their job because they don't know what was being discussed. So they don't have any idea um, what the substance of the conversation was. I mean, if he chooses to relay something about it, um, they'll know what he chooses to relay. But uh, it's always much better if there's a substantive conversation between two leaders. It's always much better if there's somebody there uh, to take notes, to have a record that can be, then be shared with the staff so that they can move forward on uh, formulating policy. You talk about memcons, and as someone who's, you know, can you describe, I guess, break down memcons in layman terms for somebody who you know, may not understand what that means? Right. So these are memoranda of conversation. So normally what happens, you know, leaders have all sorts of different types of meetings and phone calls. Uh, sometimes, you know, the president will have a phone call with a foreign leader uh, and there will be people, um, staff will be sitting in the situation room uh, listening to the phone call and uh, taking notes. Uh, these aren't taped. So to have a record, you need to have people taking notes. Uh, if the president's in a meeting, uh, and there are a number of staff there. You may have multiple people taking notes and then putting together a record of it afterwards. Usually the thinnest of these memoranda are when the president simply has one person in within the, uh, at a meeting, for example, a secretary of state or national security advisor who's taking notes. Uh, you know, that person's also potentially participating in the meeting, uh, probably busy right afterwards. Uh, you don't get much of a, of a record. Uh, but at least you'd get something. Uh, and, of course, if there's uh, no uh, note-taker, and even in the case of this, uh, this second meeting that, that President Putin and President Trump had, there also wasn't even an interpreter from the U.S. side. Uh, so, there's, so there's simply no record. But, uh, but uh, Mem MemCon is, a, is, a, is, is really a, an effort to provide as, as much of a record uh, of the of the call or of a meeting uh, as possible so that the staff then knows what, what occurred, what was said, and can move forward. In your article on the Washington Post, you emphasize the importance of 
note-taking and of having note-takers present. Have they, with this administration, simply kind of left some of these understood rules and things that we've seen, obviously, in previous presidencies behind? Well, I think in general what we've seen from this administration is they don't seem to feel like staff can be that helpful to them, which is a huge mistake. I mean, they, they don't seem to be using the NSC staff as you normally would, for example, the staff meetings. They're not using uh, – they, they don't really have people named at the State Department for so many positions. So they seem to think that they can – or the president seems to think – uh, that he can just do this on the fly and, you know, maybe rely on his daughter and his son-in-law. Uh, and that's not really um, the way good policy gets made. I guess my last question for you, what I'm wondering is, how bad do you think it hurts the profession as well as the government who must keep track of what goes on with these notes? Well, this administration ha has created a situation uh, in which morale is incredibly low throughout the government. Uh, you know, real professionals uh, trying to get their trying to get the job done in places like the State Department, uh, people who are on the NSC staff trying to do their job, uh, and this administration just continues to make that harder and harder. And, and certainly for those people who would need to know what was said between two leaders uh, and what was said by their president with another leader, if it was a substantive conversation and not just dinnertime chit-chat, uh, it just makes it very hard for them. And, and we will continue to see the morale uh, continue to to go down throughout the government. One more question for you. Do you think the public will get to find out the details of this conversation, actually find out the details, or do you think we'll just get small pieces that are surmised by Trump himself? Well, the only way we would really know what was said is if either President Putin or President Trump decided that they wanted to inform people as to what was said. Uh, of course, then uh, the question is, are they saying what was really said or what they want us to believe was said. So um, I don't know that anyone uh, in the public, uh, I don't know that any of us is ever really going to know what was said, but, uh, but the public, normally we don't have the substance of, of what's said in meetings unless reporters are, you know, getting that information from people who are there or listening in. Um, it, again, it's, it's more important in real time that people on the staff know what's been discussed so that they can move forward on policy. There are things that were promised or, uh, you know, things that were discussed that would need to be followed up by staff. If they don't really know what's going on, they're not going to be as effective as they otherwise might be. And U.S. foreign policy is not going to be as good as it otherwise might be.